News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. OK, uh, let's bring in uh, owner Brent Sinn Féin's housing spokesperson. Uh, Owen, we are going to talk about housing, but just before we move on to that, you would have heard what we were talking about there. I have to put it to you, uh, you're not alone. All the parties in in the Iraq are the same. But you and Sinn Féin, you drove uh, that no to the increase in, in the old age pension. These figures suggest you are putting your head in the sand and you're storing up uh, future problems. That's not the case. And I have to say that the framing that both you and Kira have made of this debate isn't accurate at all. Really? Because we based uh, it on our we based it on a, on this report, which I, I would have thought is pretty accurate. The, the, the details in the report are accurate, but the framing of the debate isn't. It is possible to uh, ensure that there's adequate provision in the Social Insurance Fund for people to choose to retire at 65 if they so choose. The argument isn't that everybody should automatically get the pension. In fact, very large numbers of people don't want to retire at 65. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. But, but you, 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 working, of course, because you'd never dream of you'd never dream of saying to people that you can't do something. That's that's the new politics well, now. It's whatever I, you want I, to do, you can do. If you want to retire, you can retire. If you don't want case. to retire, you don't have to retire. Well, if you'd but like who to picks up the, the tab? No, no. But you accused us of, of you accused us of misframing it. So I have a right to respond to that. But anyway, make your point. Hello, Owen. Is Owen gone? So, for, for example, Kira, sorry, Kira, Owen, we just lost you there. Kira, just, Kira, Owen, sorry, we just lost. Kira said it's hello. Oh, Owen, we're having problems with your we're having problems with your line, unfortunately. Um, let's I'm just dying see. to hear what Owen has to say because <laughs> I, I, I I'm not quite sure what way we 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 framed it poorly in in terms of well, that there's a there's well, a we'll black let, hole we'll, in the economy. We'll we'll, we'll let him uh, make his point and look, we're just going to try and get that line uh, back on uh, at the moment. The report though is pretty stark. We're ageing faster than anywhere else in Europe. Our fertility rate, interestingly, Kira, it's still the sixth highest rate in Europe. That's because they, they've dropped they've dropped even everywhere. more elsewhere. Yeah. I think we can go back. Sorry, Owen, uh, we, we just had a problem with your line there. Um, make make your point and I, oh, I, I, won't, all, I won't interrupt you. <laughs> Feel free to make your point. That's very kind of you. First of all, to argue that it's mathematically impossible to ensure adequate pension provision for people who choose to retire 65 simply isn't the case. We have shown very, very clearly in our alternative budget, how you do that. The really important point is this. There are a whole set of workers out there who work in very, very hard, grueling jobs. They could be carers, they could be nurses, they could be cleaners, they could be construction sector workers. And those people have a right to retire at the age of 65. The really important point, and this is where I do agree with both of you, is you have to plan for it. And that means you have to design your taxation system in a way that provides that. We have shown how you can do that. It is not as difficult as some people say. And I want to make the point there are lots of people who do not want to retire at 65. They want to continue working into their mid to late 60s and 70s. But there are other people who, because of the nature of their work, have no option but to retire because of the very, very heavy physical grueling strain. Mm. And therefore, Mm. what we need to do is plan. We need to ensure that the social insurance fund uh, has the funds that are required. There is a broader point, and the demographic point is is very important, which is the 20 and 40-year time horizon, and there needs to be conversation around that. But to simply come onto the radio and say it is not mathematically possible that people aren't looking at this, that people are putting their heads in the sand, that is not true. We yeah. have shown how. Uh, with, 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 I with, never with, said it wasn't mathematically possible. Modest. Never said it wasn't no, mathematically possible. Uh, sorry, Kira, but Jane, Kira did. And all I'm saying is with relatively modest changes to our tax code and with adequate provision into the Social Insurance Fund, you can ensure that those people who want to retire at 65 
have a right to do so, and I will oh, continue okay. to defend that. And, 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 and that's absolutely your prerogative. Uh, now, I, and I don't want to get bogged down in this because I do want to talk to you about c- construction, but a final point. The, uh, the commission that looked at this pretty much unanimously disagreed with you. They said this is uh, something that has to be grasped, a nettle that has to be grasped. Yeah, and the, the Commission's report is really important, uh, and unlike some politicians, uh, Sinn Féin doesn't dismiss it. But we, we take the advice of the Commission in the round, and there are some areas where we disagree with them. But what the Commission ah, also... Oh, oh that's Jesuitical in what, the extreme. When, yeah, you completely no, rejected me, its findings. Let me, let, me, let me make the point. In fact, there's lots of areas of the Commission on Taxation's report where we wouldn't reject them. But here's the point. What the Commission makes clear is, if you are going to argue, as Sinn Féin rightly does, that people have the right to retire at 65... In your budgeting and in your tax code, you have to make adequate provision to grow the social insurance fund. And we have shown how you can do that. So in some senses, while we're not accepting uh, their argument to reduce the pension age, we are accepting the logic of the argument, which is if you're going to keep it at 65, and in fact it's currently 66, as you know, but if you're going to have it at 65, Mm -hmm. adequate taxation provision in the social insurance fund has to be made. And we've shown how that can be done. Okay, uh, let's talk about those uh, figures published by the CSO yesterday pointing to a major fall-off in residential construction in the third quarter. Uh, Experts linking it to the spiralling cost of building materials. How big an issue is this uh, in terms of our plan or the government's uh, plan to address the housing crisis? It's very, very significant and it tallies with the uh, fall-off in commencements of new dwellings that uh, uh, has been reported uh, in the last number of weeks. There are three things going on. The first thing is is interest rate rises. Uh, and as interest rate rises uh, continue, uh, uh, there's a whole category of investors, particularly institutional investors, who are uh, either uh, getting cold feet about new investments, new purchases, or are leaving the market. And that's a, a significant factor. The second thing is absolutely, uh, there's a lot of SME builders out there uh, who are finding it increasingly difficult to get credit or, or to make projects viable because of rising costs. But there is another, a third factor, and I've been talking to, to some approved housing bodies recently to social and affordable housing. And what they're finding is, is while they can cope with rising costs, uh, the uh, very significant delays from the Department of Housing in approving those costs are slowing down commencements. In fact, one AHB approved housing body I spoke to recently, they were meant to commence 700 new social homes this year. They've only commenced 200. What's the consequence of all of that? Okay, so the macro targets that the government intends to hit for this year will be met. Social and affordable housing targets will be shy of it, but the overall target will be met. But next year, and in particular the year after, mm. we're not going to see the increases. And we so might what, what, do we do? what do we do about that? Two, two, two crucial things government needs to do. So the first one is that SME uh, builder developer sector, who are crucial, particularly outside of Dublin, their big problem at the moment is access to credit. Uh, uh, they can't get it or it's too expensive. We have to redirect home building finance Ireland to the government's lending vehicle away from build-to-rent and institutional investment and towards ethnic builders who build homes, okay. houses, duplexes, and Number two. that people can own and buy. And the second thing is we need the state to act in a counter-cyclical way. As the private sector slows down, the state has to increase its investment, increase the targets, and strip away the bureaucracy to our local authorities and approved housing bodies deliver far more social and affordable homes. That's needed anyway, but also to make sure if there's a decline in private sector activity, those construction companies can then be brought over uh, into building social and affordable homes. So we keep them in work, we keep them paying taxes, and we deliver more homes. So it's access to finance for the SME sector, 
and increase and accelerate delivery of social affordable homes uh, in the public sector. Okay, just before you go, I do want to ask you uh, about the uh, plans for a state remediation scheme to fix those houses, uh, the the up to 100,000 defective Celtic uh, Tiger era homes that will need uh, some form of redress. Uh, Just have a listen uh, to Pat Montague, spokesperson for the Construction Defects Alliance. An agency needs to be set up by the government to manage this process because the owners' management companies which run the apartment development don't either have the financial wherewithal or the competence or the capacity uh, to undertake these works. So an agency needs to be set up that's fully funded by the government to undertake these works. And the funding also needs to cover people who have paid or are paying towards uh, a fixing defects. Okay, Pat Montague, they're uh, basically arguing for a full, an agency to be set up to, 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 to meet the, 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 the costs involved. Uh, what, what do you make of it, on? Yeah, Pat is right. So what we need is uh, either to take the Pirate Resolution Board, which is an agency, has been providing an end-to-end scheme with 100% redress for uh, homeowners in Leinster affected by Pirate. So we either need to take that body and expand it uh, to do exactly the same thing. Um, there's a huge amount of frustration out there among homeowners many of whom have been living with these fire safety and structural defects for decades. Last government had a head in the sand. This government indicated they were going to do something, but we're two and a half years in, and we still don't know the shape of it. I raised this with Darrell O'Brien on the floor of the world yesterday. He did say that he is intending to bring a memo to Cabinet before the end of the year to outline the kind of redress scheme he wants to produce. The concern many of us have is it's a year ago this week that Darrell O'Brien announced the enhanced defective block scheme for folks affected by mycopyrite and pyrotite in the Western Seaboard. That scheme hasn't opened yet. In fact, the regulations haven't even been complete. And it's not likely until the middle or end of next year before people draw money down from that scheme. Mm. If Darrell O'Brien takes the same very slow approach to apartment duplex and house defects, such as fire and water ingress, it means we might not get a scheme and people might not get any redress until 2024. Is the danger if you don't take it slow that you're, you're effectively just writing a blank cheque? And, and, and we know what no, happens the, when you write a blank cheque. The very opposite, there are, there are two consequences of not moving. First is the cost drive. Uh, it, government have grasped this nettle a decade ago, the actual cost of remediating, remediating these buildings. And remember, people bought these homes in good faith, with good money, they, they yeah. weren't aware that there were defects. But the fact that we've delayed for a decade has meant it's going to be much more expensive, the first thing. The second thing is there's a hazard in not moving quickly because there are uh, homeowners uh, uh, and owners management companies who are taking bills now. Their insurance companies are breathing down their necks. They're increasing the premiums or withdrawing them. The Dublin Fire Brigade are rightly highlighting the fire safety risk and the need for remediation. You may have some cases that if people uh, are thinking a scheme is going to be introduced, they will hang on, not remediate the properties, either because they don't have the money or they're nervous about losing out on the scheme in case there's no retrospection. And therefore, they might not remediate. So what do we need? We need the minister, first of all, to tell us uh, what kind of scheme and when it's going to be up and running, and we need him to do that in a a speedy manner. The second is there has to be an emergency fund for interim measures, particularly for those developments that right now uh, need urgent work, particularly fire safety work. And the third, there has to be retrospection. People who had to pay for remediation over recent years because of orders by the fire brigade or their insurance companies have to get into the scheme. This wasn't the fault of the homeowners, it was the state and industry they have to pay and the state has Owner to lead, Brin. lead quickly. Owner Brin, Sinn Féin Housing Spokesperson, thank you for talking to News Talk Breakfast this morning. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.